2: House. We're back. We're listening to our second hour of Ion Real Estate. I'm Daddy Herman, CEO of Douglas Elliman. I'm here with my co host, Jerry Feedy, the number one attorney, in my opinion, for real estate in New York. Um, as I told you, we were excited. I tweeted it last night. I put it all over Facebook. But we're so lucky to have Brad Inman, who is an award winning journalist and an internet entrepreneur. I told you, I think he's a genius. He's a real estate industry professional from around the world. Oh, you can turn to com for any. I mean, he's got the best information, and it's accurate. I tell you, whatever you learn, whatever you see from Inman, you know it's on the money. You don't have to double check it. And it's timely information about the business. Um, on January 28th, which I will be there, Inman Connect New York begins. Inman Connect is a week long event that brings together more than 4,000 top producing real estate agents and brokers, CEOs, and tech entrepreneurs. And if you have not gone to one, you need to go. I never miss it. Hi, Brad.
3: Greetings, Dottie. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. I'm, lo- I'm I'm. I'm hoping you're still in California, so you don't get snowed in.
3: I'm in Palm Springs. It's going to be 75 today. I have my shorts on, and I have the door open.
2: Okay, so you're lucky. We're going to hang
3: up on you now, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I okay. should have said I was in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. I'm in Minnesota. We
2: would have felt better then. I said I yeah, should have I'm in p- Minnesota.
3: Okay. I'm freezing. <laughs>
2: Now I got to tell you, I I I met Brad. I don't know how many years ago. I can say he's one of my best friends, and he is. As I said, I really believe he's a genius. But I was fortunate to have just. I think I just came into the city. I just started to run Douglas Elliman, and I think it was the first Inman con- the first Inman conference in New York City, if I'm not mistaken. Or Right in the beginning. It
3: was, Dottie. I remember it well. I remember meeting you well in your office on Madison Avenue. And
2: then I um, spoke in one of his...
3: Then all the stories were full on Madison. Now they're all Yes, I know. What happened?
2: Oh, and you know, I unfortunately, I don't know if you know this, Jerry, because you were away, but I unfortunately went to the memorial for Faith Hope Consuelo, who was the queen of retail real estate. I mean, she didn't.
3: Iconic on Madison Avenue.
2: yeah. Uh, I think what's happening is the rents are too high for uh, people aren't shopping as much at retail. They're doing a lot more online. I think that, you know, from what I've read and learned that if you have a store, it's got to kind of be interactive or be some kind of an experience. And, um, you know, I think think
3: Amazon also, Dottie, I took a picture. I'll send it to you sometime. Uh, the corner of like, I'd say 66 in Madison, big empty storefront. And at six in the morning, because I get up early and bike all over the city and across the street were two trucks, Amazon delivery trucks with, mm-hmm. with boxes and boxes of Amazon stuff. And the juxtaposition of all that stuff being delivered on a Sunday, all the stores closed in Madison and then all those empty storefronts. I think e-commerce, Amazon has a lot to do with it, even the expensive luxury goods.
2: I agree with you, Brad. But, you know, I was before, you you know, before the beginning of the show, I was talking about you. But I also said that one of the things I don't think a lot of people do, and not that we can predict the future, but we can start looking at trends and things that are happening. And sometimes people wake up and they don't look at that and they go, oh, my God, what happened? I mean, this has been going on. and. You know, it's like mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. There's a whole debate on whether they're going to take a lot of jobs, and they probably will. Uh, but you really can't stop progress or what, what's going on. I mean, and, and so I think if you're a retail a person is doing retail, I don't think there's no place for them. But I think that you have to come up with something pretty unique. Um, if you know. This- and and
3: that is, the other thing they have to do is retailers like res- residential real estate. They're not focused on the customer. I'll give you a great example. You know, retail stores open at 11. They close at five. They're closed on Sunday. You right. go at 11 and, you know, the guy that's supposed to open the store has been up all night and the meatpacking partying. And so he gets there 1115 or you go at 445 because you're told the store closes at five. And then you said, "Ah, oh, let's lock the doors. Nobody's coming. They, they lock the doors. Let me do the contrast to real estate. Open houses from 12 to four on Sunday. Give me a break. That house should be open all week for me to see that house. And in fact, there's a new interesting company called Open Door that's entering the industry. And you know what their for sale sign says? What? Open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night, seven days a week. And that's what Amazon did. Instead of 11 to 5, Monday through Saturday retail, they're open 24-7. Yaz, my wife, orders this stuff from this London designer It's delivered in two days, return policy-free, goes to a credit card, not to a credit at Barney's, uh, in the store. And, you know, industry has to get really responsive to on-demand consumers who want it now and they want it quick. And the old school, you know, works for some of us. I like to go in shops, but, you know, people want it now. Why not have these houses open all the time? So. I'm just going to create more transactions. I couldn't agree with you them.
2: more. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that also generally open houses are on weekends. And I kind of think, and I've always said this, I've, I've probably done it at, at Douglas Elliman, uh, like in the summer, especially in the spring and when it's nicer, like you should have them right after work that people can come straight to work. A lot of people might want to come right from work and then not give yeah. up a weekend.
4: I agree. Well,
3: here's an example. My wife, Yaz, we're at a club one night and she, she opens the Redfin app. I should tell you, she opened the Douglas Elman app, but she didn't. She opened Redfin and she goes, Hey, let's go look at some houses. I said, Yaz, you can't look at a house at at one in the morning. And it reminded me the Chris Rock joke, anyone, uh, anyone taking money out of their ATM at one in the morning is doing something illegal. And (laughs) Yaz said, Oh, fancy, fancy real estate expert, Brad Inman. She goes, uh, you know, there are people, Brad, that get off work at midnight and they'd probably love to see some houses. It seemed a really crazy. But whoever thought a car would, you know, you'd be able to order a car with an app. Uh, whoever thought you could order a refrigerator and have it delivered the next day by Amazon. I mean, things, crazier things will begin to happen that we don't even expect. Because people want it now, they want to see it now, and we should give them an opportunity. But God, open you, houses, two uh, to four on Sunday, uh, give me a break. You're play. so
2: right. I mean, you know, Brad, we were just saying that in the beginning of the show, that really, the generation, the millennials and whatever, the generation after that, they have different habits. I mean, they they buy differently, they look for different things. And you've got to be aware of those things and, you know, be willing to change. Exactly. I, I find, I, you know, I will ask people, why are you doing it this way? Well, that's because, because, that's because we've, we've always done, done it.
4: Is the worst? I said, exactly. and every, you know, six
2: yeah. months to, you've got to say, why are we doing this? <laughs> is this still the best way to do this? Yeah. Okay. Most people Probably. don't even, it's like, oh, we've always done it this way. So, you know, we've always only been open till five. Okay. We've always opened at 10. We're never open on Sundays. So I think people have to keep on also re, you know, rebuilding and, and, and looking at, you know, what's the need today?
4: Well, an um, example.
3: 100%. Here, Dottie. here's an example of a technology, okay? Shoot. When I go to the airport, I'm a member of Clear, and they use biometrics. They use my eyes and my fingerprint, right? And here's Homeland Security. They're letting me go through without my ID. I can go into that house, Right. Now, let's look at real estate. Someone shows a house. You don't do any background checking on this person. They could be a complete crazy predator, right? A nice. realtor shows up in the middle of the woods in New Jersey, and there's a creep, right? Well, imagine two things, agent safety. Imagine that there was some biometrics, there was some fingerprinting, uh, just like Homeland Security. And if they trust the system, I think a realtor can trust the system uh, instead of, you know, some Google search on this guy who may be a whack job but let's think further about this. What if we had biometrics at the door of the house, which we'll have someday, or fingerprints, and let that person into the house. You've secured who they are, you've verified who they are, you've done a criminal check, a background check, everything is automatically done instantly so people can see houses. And the more inventory that people see, the more transactions, the more sales, and the more commission, the more happy, Everybody is. It, it's pretty well, simple stuff. I and never it's, thought it's of that. It's coming You're not working th- at co-op in the Upper East Side, but 90% of the housing is suited for this now.
2: Well, I, I never thought of that. I mean, and that's, I, to me, a wonderful idea because you really would, because no matter what somebody tells you, and we always Google the customer, but it doesn't tell you everything and it doesn't. But I just also think that when you're selling a home or an apartment, it's a pain in the neck. Okay, and if you and if you want to say and I understand that it's a pain in the neck because you have to always be on top of everything. And so, you know, you've got customers who say, well, I'm not going to be home this day and I can't make it this time. And if you make it difficult. So I think that you're 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 kind of better off having. Like three or four days in a row, where you're like open all day, and then to just have two hours here and two hours there, and they're usually the same hours. So if somebody couldn't exactly. make it on a weekend, okay, at least have a couple of different times that vary, that people yeah. can come. At so I, I, I totally. but again, that's a, that's a, that's again talking about change and people adapting to change. And so what else? You know, Brad, I, I said you know. I said you were a genius, and I do think you're a genius.
3: Well, I I'm do. not a genius, Dottie, but I'm, that, close, I'm flattered close. that you've even. No, use, but I well, do, because
2: I do. Okay. I and read I'm,
3: a lot, you know, but. <laughs> I'm not do you, a what are you girl.
2: seeing? What are you seeing in the industry? What are you seeing, um, uh, What are you seeing as far as the markets? You know, we're talking. Of, I'm, I tell everybody here, you know, we'll talk a little about the Northeast, but generally I'm talking about the whole united states what do you what do you feel this is is
3: what's going on in the market Daddy. everywhere for the first time that i can ever recall every market is the same and you know what's the same about it buyers are on the fence buyers are sitting on the fence great example i meet my number one salesperson at him and the other night for dinner with her husband they both make a lot of money they can buy tomorrow they're on the fence everybody's on the fence the good news about the market is eventually that built up demand with all these people on the fence that grows every day will unleash itself and will have uh, a stronger market. The good news is because they're on the fence is more listings are coming on the market. Sellers are having to change their expectations. It's happening as we speak and they realize they're not going to get as much as more and more inventory comes on the market. And uh, people are sitting on the fence. And so eventually you're going to have a normal market. But that's everywhere. Seattle, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., rural, everyone's sitting on the fence. Now, there's a lot of different theories about why Um, prices are too high, affordability, political issues, economic uncertainty. uh, But, you know, there's so much good economic news. I mean, this thing is poised for a really strong market. but. The reality is people are on the fence. And that's what I, I mean. I'm not saying I know this. I hear this. I talk to real estate people every day and they yeah. know better. And but they're I, the geniuses. The collective genius of the real estate community is smarter than any damn expert.
2: Well, that's true because they're hands on and they, they, they're they yeah, talking to the buyers every day. But let me say this. I tell every all of our listeners and all the people that uh, write in for questions or come to my site. This is the best time to buy. Like, if you are looking to buy something, I mean, and you can not time when you buy if you need to buy at a certain time. But the market is not soft, but you can make some deals. So if you're looking, okay, and yeah, are people on the fence? Well, the stock market had a big shakeup. And I know a friend of mine who was buying something. Uh, who was a doctor said, "You know what? I lost so much money in the market. I'm just taking a hold off." I and mean, that was a personal thing, okay. Of the politics that go on, which I have to f- say again, got to end. And I, but I do think interest rates are low, okay. I if you if there if you if you're in the market, well, you probably I, you probably
3: had a lot of experts that are smarter than me on the show, Dottie, but. The reality is that last year the Fed did raise rates several times, but the fact of the matter also is mortgage interest rates went down 20% last year. You, you, you never read about that, but no, they, down they down dropped again. 20% last year. Yeah, yeah and they're down So no, it's, it's a great time. Although I would say to you, Daddy, every realtor says that. And, you know, people, it's, all, you know, it's always a good time to buy, always a good time to buy, always a good time to buy. And I would say that what is changing in the industry now is that, transparency and people have more information and they can't be bamboozled and if they're not confident about buying for some reason and if they are on the fence i think the industry just has to do a better job of using their emotional intelligence to to help people understand the market just telling them to buy is i don't think that works anymore and i think we have got to get smarter about how we communicate with the consumer you're right. There are deals, but, you know, in three months, or maybe more deals. Yeah,
2: um, but, but, Brad, that's really not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're looking to buy... I like
3: giving you grief, Dottie, because I love you. That's no, what good are No, I know, do. but I'm
2: not what I'm saying because, look, I, I was just texting someone, a friend of mine whose father... Happens to have selling something, a big place he wants to get rid of in 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 Jupiter, in in Florida. And he wants to be in a place where he can walk and he has dementia. And I'm like, do not jump from town to town. Don't buy anything. What I want you to do is look at areas and see what areas he's comfortable in. So I'm not pushing people to buy. But if you are looking, okay, and you do find something you like, you probably can it. negotiate a little bit, okay? Yep. Everyone's different, and there's no cookie cutter on when is a good time for everyone's needs, and, 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 and things are different. But what I am saying is what you see in the industry is changing. What do you see as the biggest change? And I do think the industry has to change, um, and it's changing. Well, over I'm going to give use- a
3: speech at our Real Estate Connect conference in about 10 days. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about outer space.
2: What and I think about? it
3: applies to outer space because outer we space. have a space race going on. People are, uh, you know, uh, exploring the, the universe now, but now why am I, heck am I talking about that? Well, I compare this time dotted to a supernova. A supernova is a star that has reached its useful life and it's done and it blows up and particles spread out throughout the universe and what people may not know is out of some of those particles are new stars. And that's what's happening in real estate. The old ways are not working anymore. Tired brands, sleazy practices, uncertainty for consumers, MLS feastums, lead chasing. You know, that's not the future of real estate. It's about new stars. And what are they focused on? The new stars in the industry are focused on making buying and selling easier and more certain. It's an industry that's more emotionally intelligent, more marketing intelligent, market intelligent. And it's an industry of brains, not salesy, pushy sales tactics.
2: Yes, I think there's a, there's a
3: revolution in the industry. It's about ethics, not transactions. It's about doing I think about referrals. If Brad, an agent does a good job, I'll refer them. But if they do a sleazy job. They're not going to get a referral from me, and too many people in the industry don't behave like they should.
2: Brad, let me stop you. In any, industry, I sound like I'm
3: preaching, Dottie? No, Shut me up.
2: I think that you're really you're really unfair in slanting the whole industry like that. There are always sleazy people. Not the
3: whole industry. There
2: are doctors There's that are stars. sleazy. There are attorneys that are sleazy. Yes. There what? are Attorney? okay. No. It but
3: I didn't say that the whole industry. I, okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that
2: if you make money and you research the brokers, the brokers that have lasting power and are making money, they have obviously done a good job. With their clients. Absolutely. Okay, because. Couldn't agree more. Okay. I didn't say,
3: you didn't listen to me carefully. No, but now. that
2: sounds Anytime like the death of a salesman. And I, and I, and I think no, that I sleazy that is a, a bad lot. word to use.
3: I think I did. Let's, I don't think I said. I said some in the industry give the industry a bad name. And you know that's true and the people that are going to survive in the future will not be those people.
2: Well, I think you have a whole different says. set of circumstances. I think that the customer today, the cu- that's looking for a property has a lot more information, and so that your job really is to help them navigate through it. Um, 100%. not agree. Down Couldn't and, agree more. and hear their needs because again, sometimes I don't think people listen enough. So I think you have yeah. to hear their needs and what might be good for me might not be good for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so as far as changes, though, because you're always on top of change. So yeah. you see the industry. Do you see it? Um, do you see people doing contracts online? Do you?
3: Yes. Yeah. Virtual showings using biometrics and fingerprinting is going to happen uh, online.
2: Wait, uh, know, we, offers we, are gonna we, happen. wait, wait.
3: going to happening. buyers are a big deal now where people can sell their house in 72 hours. Wait, Brad. We're
2: doing a break. Can you hold that? And then we'll come back to what you see is f- going forward. in One hundred.
3: I'm, I'm here for you, Dottie.
2: Thanks. We'll be right back with Brad Edmund and what he sees in the next five to ten years. I mean, it's happening already a little by little. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Cherry Feeney. We'll be back in five minutes. Five. Well, less. Two minutes.
1: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
2: uh we're back and i am particularly pleased to have pratt edman uh who i think is an expert in well first of all you started as a journalist i believe right i mean that's sort um, I
3: did, Dottie. I uh, I was a consumer writer and um, always loves the real estate beat. And so I was fortunate enough to to write about um, real estate, which I uh, still to this day just love and care so much about. I get to meet he, people like you.
2: And he's really, really big on really, and I tell you, like really educating the real I mean, besides for taking a test, it's like you wouldn't want to go to a doc that took a medical exam 45 years ago and never did anything after that, as far as continued it. He's really a state of the art, okay, of of real estate and technology. Uh, And I think you were the first person before technology was really as big as it is now, who really kind of put that all together. So, um, now, can anybody go to your, um, I mean, I... Is that open to just brokers or how is real estate? Because Real Estate Connect is January 28th in New York.
3: That's right. So is it just
2: for brokers?
3: Um, No, it's who's in our audience. It's really interesting cast of characters. We have working brokers, you know, usually the top producing ones. Um, We have uh, owner managers. Um, We have managers. We have all the tech companies, you know, Google, uh, Facebook, Zillow, all the ones they want to put their hands in the pocket of real estate people to get their money, uh, software companies, uh, innovators, entrepreneurs, very diverse, very young. Uh, we talk about the future on truth, you know, all sides of the story, but uh, people are really come very excited and they get very, it's a very upbeat setting because the people that come, you know, they want to learn about the future. Sometimes it's a little, a little, little nerve wracking, but it's really the new guard, the new generation, and then you know and that's young and old because um a lot of older people want to stay with it and younger people are are just kind of naturally with it so it's a great crowd it's it's fun we have 250 speakers if you can imagine we have 80 sessions we have all kinds of networking a lot of brokers get referrals um you know it's all week starts monday ends on friday and uh, tuesday for brokers in the northeast um, There is something called a free day, which you can come just for the day and learn about tech. And, um, but the rest of it is, uh, you know, it's all week. It's a great event. You've been there, and you've well, been there every year.
2: I've been there every year since you started. And yeah, you I always con- supported I, us from I, the I very beginning, and I'm go- very grateful. Well, I just called you for 25 more tickets because I was at oh, one wow. of our offices, and I said I had my assistant call. I said, "Oh, I was like, how many are you going, gentlemen? And they're like. Well, I'm like, and I really talked. And again, it's about, uh, for me, I never not go. And I always tell people, when you decide to stop learning, you might as well get out of the business, in any business you're in. So, you know, I've always gone around, I've listened to things, things I agree with, things I don't agree with. And Brad always has kind of two sides of things. It's never like a, a, you know, one way. It's always, you know, here's the pros and here's the people that are against it, and And I see the latest technology. I see the latest vendors. And I think that's how you grow. I've always learned a lot. And I don't think I've missed one since the day you started. So, um, no, you're the
3: best. And you're great on stage, like you're great on this radio show. It's all about delivering credible, independent information.
2: So, do you, so people are, are going and it's a whole week. And let me ask you something. What do you think is. You were starting before the break. It was like a cliffhanger. What do you see? And again, you don't see it like in in a second. It just all of a sudden happens. What do you see? I talked about, do you see contracts signed online? And Jerry is an attorney. I don't know. New York is tough. But do you see down the road, contracts will be allowed to be signed online?
3: Oh, yeah. That's that's just right around the corner. I think you're going to see, as I said, virtual showings. That's going to come with home automation so that, you know, if you look at all the alarm systems, that's happening. Then you look at sellers, more and more sellers are going to, and they're going to use an agent and broker in these things, but they're going to go to on demand, um, selling their homes very quickly. Buyers are going to get all kinds of new ways of financing homes uh, through technology. Um, You're going to see, you know, just a whole change in the title and the escrow process that is more smooth and and easier. You're gonna see agents better equipped. You're gonna see um, you know, robots enter the picture but not replace realtors. Oh I no, it, I wanna uh, have ca- them at
2: my open houses. I wanna have little Yep. I wanna have little avatars that look like the yeah, agent. Absolutely. And then they can bring their assistant and the, and you know, artificial intelligence, these little robots will know more than anybody knows. You could act because
3: I was in San Francisco this weekend, uh, last weekend and uh, all over Oakland and San Francisco are these little robots delivering food. They're little boxy bots on four wheels, and they navigate through the crosswalks and down the the street and on the sidewalks. And the, it's amazing. It's crazy.
2: Jerry, it's crazy what you, what's happening. Jerry, what are you seeing?
4: Well, you know, New York is uh, notoriously... Behind the times when it comes to you yes. know technology and law, real estate law, we do things pretty much the same way we did them 25 years ago. I've been pushing for electronic signing for a long time, and you know, constantly getting resistance. Well, you know, people aren't comfortable with that. Yes, they are. You know, the rest of the country does it constantly. In California, forget it. Everything's signed electronically. The idea of hand signing, you know, there's a federal law that uh, Clinton signed. Although, interestingly, when he signed the federal law authorizing electronic signing. He signed it electronically, but then the constitutional lawyer said, "You better sign one by hand because we don't think the Constitution permits electronic signing." But you know, resistance is is futile. It's going to come, and anything to make the process more efficient, I'm in favor of. it. electronic signing is certainly one of them. It takes days off the process.
2: Yeah, I. I and see more it.
4: transparency with buildings too. You know, I've often said, "Why are buildings hiding the ball?" Co-ops and condos ought to be completely transparent. All their financial information should be up online for people to peruse and analyze. You know, we spent half our day trying to get information about these buildings with resistant managing agents who were oftentimes <laughs> ill-informed about the status of their building. They're rude. They don't want to answer questions. And, you know, people are making major multimillion-dollar purchases. We need to understand what's going on in these buildings. So... Um, a lot of so
3: well said, Jerry. So well said. Transparency is really important. And that's yeah. that. Can you imagine not being able to get all the information on publicly traded company? Yeah. Uh, that's a, well, that's what it is. You know, right? I mean, all these houses and buildings. And let's just lay it out there for consumers
4: to make smart decisions. Yeah, and by that's the way, and then consumers yeah, have a responsibility.
2: Value. Consumers also have a responsibility. And I do believe that. And that's to learn as much as they can. OK, so that, you know, it's great to have an advisor that you trust and that really knows the business, but it won't hurt you to know a lot yourself. And so I think consumers, you know, should should know, call a couple of mortgage companies and mm-hmm. find out the different types of mortgages there are and find out how much you really need for a down payment uh, because everyone's circumstances are different. But I always think that, look, at the end of the day, real estate is real estate. It's uh I think in New York it's kind of bigger than life. I but I think that everyone needs a home or a place to shelter. So, you know, you know, and I you know, Brad, I remember Jerry and I have been doing this show a long time. So we were through the last recession and we would get it's the end of real estate, we would see the titles. It's over. The millennials are not gonna buy real estate. They saw their parents lose tons of money. Um and this generation does want to buy real estate. Um, they don't look at it the same way. I don't think they're looking to make a dollar in six months. It's a long-term investment. Um, they don't usually, they like new. Okay, so I tell people, hey, you know, these younger people like new. They like things done. They don't want to wait five years or ten years to fix something up. They want it done. And they like nice finishes, but they don't necessarily need as big uh there's like very, very big differences. They like places that have places that are open that they can congregate in. So I, I think it's and I think that real estate is no longer just about the house or the home or the apartment. I think it's about a lifestyle.
3: Couldn't agree more, Dottie. That's exactly that, nailed it.
2: OK, and so therefore, as a consumer, what I would give you advice on is before you jump from place to place to place, kind of look at what kind of lifestyle you're looking for. Obviously, if you have kids in school, you want to look at the schools. If they have special needs or, you know, they're gifted in athletics or something, you want to kind of look at where they can go and if you have to use transportation and then look at a lifestyle that would be good for you because. Today, the real difference is I really believe. Besides, for everything that's going to come, is at the end of the day, it's more than just a property. It's a place that someone is going. Unless it's an investment property, it's a lifestyle, and people look at everything. Okay. So, I think that's good. I am very much looking forward to going. Brad, do you have do you have any big, big name speakers, or what do we? What do you think? What kind of a before you go? Tell us some of the highlights, because I wish it. I wish like. I'd love consumers at some point to be able to come. Uh, what 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 do you what are your biggest topics that you think are going to be the most interesting? I mean, they all are. Well, we
3: have we, we have the guru of emotional intelligence from Yale University, ah. Mark Brackett, who's just a genius about uh, emotional intelligence, which is so important to real estate. We have some of the leading economists talking about the market. We got people talking about uh, you know why buyers and. Sellers, buyers are on the fence. We have all the technology companies there, speaking from Google to Facebook to Open Door to Zillow. We have all the big brands like Douglas Elliman, the Compass, and uh, Realty, and all the CEOs of all those companies. We have really successful top-producing agents. We have just—we just, we just have an, a, we have a woman, a woman from MIT who's like a guru on robots and just great stuff.
2: Well, we have to take a break. Brad, I can't wait to see you. I'll be yeah, there.
3: Thank you for and, having me on the show. Yeah. I really love you and I, I love, love you, your show.
2: Thank you. Well, and I'll see you Good luck to your week.
3: audience. Bye bye. See you, hen.
2: We'll be right back. We're going to talk about Eminent Domain since I promised that we would talk about that with Jerry as soon as we're done with the break.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: Uh, we're back, and but for those of you, before we do evidence or name, there is a women's walk. So if you're in New York City, uh, you need to kind of, uh, you'll probably find some streets closed. And I uh, just looked up exactly what this women's walk is for. I mean, there's a lot of women's walk. I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I just mean, and this is a nonprofit uh, women's group whose mission is to raise women's voices through education and activism and uh, to make sure that they have their rights. So um, when if you're traveling in the city, just uh, make sure you check that certain places are blocked off. I couldn't even get here in my direct manner. It starts at 11, I think it's still 4, but they closed the streets down, I think, at 9 when I left. Anyhow, Jerry, we talked a little while on the show, and we talked about, uh, the. well, it started by us saying that the president said that if they build, I think, the wall, they'd probably have to knock some houses down or something like that. And, you know, eminence of Maine is simply the uh, power of the state to take private property for the use in a public project in return for reasonable compensation. Yeah, so can you it, expand on that? Yeah, cuz it,
4: it goes back to, you know, the original English system, you know, the theory being, you know, the king owns the land, he can take it back if he wants. And, you know, the idea here is that the government has a right under certain circumstances to take private property for public use, but also for, you know, the Supreme Court has held that eminent domain can be used for the government to seize property that they did in turn sell for a commercial project, which was a very controversial Holding, but the idea is that if you're, you know, if you're building a road, um, you know, across 100 miles, you can't keep going around people's houses who don't want to sell. You can only do the project if you can compel people to sell, so you can run the straight road through the property in the most efficient manner. The process for taking someone's home is they make an offer. If they don't do it willingly, then they sue them. It's called a condemnation proceeding, where it's simply determined the market value of the property. It's not determined whether or not you're going to sell. You have to sell. It's only determined whether what what is the market value that the government has to pay. The process can take you know a year, two years. It's litigation. Um, most people don't realize that the border, particularly the southern border, most of the pro- much of the property on the southern border is privately owned. So people own ranches that abut the U.S. border with Mexico. So there's no government, you know, sort of lane. So if they want to build this. Uh, wall, then uh, they would have to either get the consent of the rancher, or they would have to, you know, get do a condemnation because they need to take a part of his property to get an easement for the wall, and that could take some period of time and be very expensive. Okay, also. but I've
2: seen eminent domain um, where you know they're going to build a highway or expand mm-hmm. the highway, and I have a bunch of questions because I did mm-hmm. put out that we were going to speak about this. Um, so it's the government's right. Now they have to compensate you, yes. so you know you you will have to we'll talk about that um, i don 't know if we 'll finish it all today, but if not we 'll finish it next week because they have to compensate you so generally, what happens is they get an appraiser and you might get an mm-hmm. appraiser if you don 't you know agree with prices and so okay, what kind of appraiser do you need because that 's important you need somebody. Now, somebody asked, Jerry, can I stop the government from taking my property by the use of its eminent domain powers?
4: No, no, you won't be able to stop it. They will, they will win on eminent domain as long as they can show that the purpose for which they're taking it is for an authorized use. They couldn't, for example, if the governor wanted for her personal use, that would be an inappropriate use of eminent domain. But as long as it's for a governmental use, or as I said, the Supreme Court has held in some circumstances where they're building a you know a, a complex of uh, maybe office projects or retail projects even though it's going to be private ownership the government can you know use eminent domain to acquire that but uh, no you won't, if as long as they're doing it for legitimate purpose you will not be able to stop them you'll only be able to be heard with respect to valuation
2: okay cuz you're going the, the state's going to tell you this is what we we think your mm-hmm. property is worth and we're willing to give you and then you'd have to get some unless you agree with it then you'd have to get someone. Now, the as this was a good question. Somebody asked if, if the government is acquiring, in other words, the the man has a building, uh it looks like a retail building,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they don't, they're they're not you, they're not taking his building, okay, they're, but they're taking some of his parking,
4: yes. which
2: in turn might impact his.
4: Ability the, to the use residence. the
2: property properly. Right. So, in a case like that, even though they're not taking his building, I guess he could make a case that he's got a loss of value. Yeah,
4: I think he could. That's a it's an interesting point. Um, You know, if they just want to like maybe take an easement that runs across the parking lot, eliminating much of the parking, he could argue, well, look, you've you've virtually diminished the value of my office building because I can't rent it out to anybody because nobody's going to come because they don't have parking and i think that's a reasonable argument that that easement that they take or that acquisition will fundamentally impair the other uh, adjoining property that's left it's not that you know being next to the highway you know some people make that argument you know you're not taking my property but now i'm going to be next to the highway and when i bought it wasn't next to the highway that that argument doesn't work you know it's so in other words if,
2: if my property if you're next to a highway you're going to get less money
4: yes all right yes. and
2: i don't care what they tell you yeah. okay so uh you're saying that if i wanted to make the case you know what you didn't take my property but now next to my house is a highway right. too, too bad. bad
4: yep too bad you, is have no to way deal you with... can
2: go and try to yeah. fight that because it is a loss i mean most people will pay less. They'll buy something, but, but uh, if it's next to a highway, they... Use there it. there
4: are, You know, there are no guarantees that, you know, as I tell people about views in New York all the time, there are no guarantees, very few. You know, tell that, me, uh, it happened
2: to me? Yeah. I told that, the developer, I had a dartboard and a voodoo uh-huh. doll, and I was hoping that you would go bankrupt, okay? <laughs> you blocked my whole view, with, okay? with enough
4: power With enough money and power in, in the city, you can, you, know, you can move mountains, and there, there are no guarantees. Just because today I buy on a lake doesn't mean that if the government decides that, that the level of this lake is too high and they want to reduce it, they could do that, you know, as long as it's legitimate use of governmental power. And I can't say, well, your action diminished the value of my property. That's just a risk you take when you buy property.
2: Yeah, and in the city, I guess uh, uh, a good thing to know is if the buildings around you have air rights. I mean, mm-hmm. because if they have air rights, they can build, and that's just the way life goes. So if right. you're that worried about a view and you're paying premiums for a view, you might want to find out if the buildings around you have air rights. Let me just take a quick call. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, oh, I don't know if that's a call or not. I'm not sure. Uh I think it's a call, but I just lost him. So let's continue. Uh, It says, "If they so if they change the zoning, so now if you're in a residential area and now it becomes commercial, does that can can you make uh, well? And maybe there's a lot of traffic. Again, you really probably can't make a case. So you could try." You could try. I no, mean, you try I mean, anything. I mean, I mean you but the chances
4: of success are pretty limited there. Oh, you know. I mean, if you have a residential property that's sitting, you know, the famous Atlantic City. I think it was actually Caesar's Palace, but this woman held out um, against the casino, and finally they just got tired of dealing with. It. They built everything right around her and and really isolated her property, and she made a big mistake by doing that. So. You know, you you take your property as it sits and, you know, things legitimately change around you. That's just part of, you know, the growth of uh, a municipality.
2: Yeah. So so understand that you can't stop eminent domain. You should, but you can, uh, you can get paid, you're you're supposed to get paid to, to, you know, and compensated for what they take away. And we'll get into, like, how to do that and how to... Proceed, but let me just take a quick question. Carlos from Brooklyn. Hi, Carlos. Good afternoon, actually. Hi. How are you?
5: Hi. I'm renting. I'm renting a commercial space here in New York City since 1980.
2: Uh huh.
5: And in the year 2000, uh, the landlord and I, without any lawyers, we negotiated a, a new lease. Now 18, and we've been abiding uh, by it for 19 years. Uh, now uh, the landlord finds it onerous to me and wants to get rid of the uh, n- declare new the 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 the, uh, the contract.
2: Wait, wait. So uh, again, remember we you, you made a lease uh, with the landlord. You used it without attorneys. You and the right. landlord worked. Right. Ni- since out. How 1993, long? I've been. How long uh, was the lease 90, for?
5: Uh, uh twenty years. it's years. But, year but since 1983, I've been there. And in 2002, we uh, we negotiated him and I that uh, without any lawyers, we negotiated a renewal.
2: For how long? Which
5: we have abide by for the last uh, what 19 years.
2: So the we, we'll, so he he the 20 that, years is up, is what you're saying? I mean, I'm just trying to understand, Jerry.
5: Uh, in the twenty years, I have yet another uh, uh, renewal of five more years. Okay. Okay. So at you have a right set, of renewal um, at a set amount.
4: And what's happening now? What's the landlord's contention?
5: And and now he, what he what he's saying is that is onerous, and that uh, it's onerous to me, and that that they it's want on, to declare it no.
4: It's oh, it's onerous to you.
5: That is onerous. To, that it yeah, right. To that to it, him is know, he's saying it's on.
4: Sir, it's onerous the, to you or onerous the, the to the landlord? landlord says that is it's onerous
5: to me. So they want to get rid of that and they want me to renew to, to sign a new lease. But I, no, but I never is had oner- any problems with is,
4: well, We're coming to the end of the show. But if something is onerous to you, it means it's an, it's an undue burden on you. I don't think that would be an effective theory. Frankly, on a commercial lease, onerous to the landlord is not an effective theory either. Look, you've got to consult with an attorney to see whether the lease is enforceable. Uh, you know, people can do their own leases. They can do their own appendectomies, but I'm not sure it's always a good idea.
2: So, but if you what, have a five be-
5: a reason for that,
4: we got it. We got it, we're coming to you know what, the end Carlos?
2: Can you call us back next week? We'll really help you. But the truth is, we don't really have too much time, and we'd have to understand maybe you can pull your lease out and tell Jerry some specifics because it depends how strong your lease is. Um, and we just out of time and can't answer it now. But if you Call us back next week or email us. I'll be glad to help you out. We'll be glad to help you out with some information. Again, we're coming to the end of another great show. And I hope you stay warm. I don't know how much snow we're going to get or not get. But be careful when you're driving. I hear it's going to get cold, so it might be very icy.
1: Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.